Welcome to the Mastin Kit Podcast. Before we get started, I get asked all the time, Mastin, um, how do I become a trauma-informed coach? Maybe you're a therapist or a coach or a health and wellness practitioner. If you want to study with me and coach with me to become a trauma-informed coach, our trauma-informed coaching certificate is open for enrollment right now for a short period of time. The link to apply is in the show notes. So click the link in the show notes if you want to train with me to become a trauma-informed coach. Other than that, please enjoy today's podcast. So what I want to say about this is that like a lot of times when we think about healing, our trauma, we go to modalities. And modalities can be very beautiful and powerful. There are many different trauma modalities that I honor and that I love. And I look at a modality like a tool, okay? If you're going to build a house, do you just need a hammer to build a house? What do you think? Yes or no? No way. Now, do you need a hammer to build a house? Probably, right? Do you need nails to build a house? Probably, but is that all you need, right? So when we talked about practitioners who know modalities, right, who have different tools to help you, those are tools, okay? But purpose is like, why are we building this house in the first place? What are all the different tools I need to get there? What's the most efficient way to get there, okay? And so when someone says, I you know, am an EMDR therapist, I think to myself, great, are you a hammer carpenter, right? Two, right? It's like nothing wrong with EMDR. EMDR is beautiful, but we need more than just a modality. Who follows? Does this make sense, okay? Because Different people respond differently, different modalities, but the approach, everybody has a purpose, okay? So we really want to start with that, and I really believe that we need to live in a world where mental health and functional health and medicine and life coaching and all of it, transformation in general and healing in general, should start with this question, what is my purpose? Do you feel like you're living your purpose or not? When we start there, everything changes, okay? Purpose, see, here's the thing. Mastin, how could purpose in life change all these things? Well, what do you have in common with your life, your business, or your money, your health, or your relationships? You. Who follows? This makes sense? So when you improve, areas of your life improve too, okay? Now, when we don't know what the root cause of an inflexible nervous system is, we have symptom management, okay? And I hate the word coping skills. I don't like that. I, let's have coping skills if you just have to cope through life, right? I want thriving skills. I want purposeful skills. I want skills to help me, in my language, crush it or go to the next level, okay? I don't want to just cope. I don't want to cope with my life, right? I want to get to the next level in my life, okay? And so when we just do symptom management, we have unnecessary guilt, unnecessary self-doubt, unnecessary overwhelm, unnecessary frustration, and unnecessary pathologizing. One of the things we talked about yesterday was in the old model, we create a, 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 a diagnosis for a group of symptoms, and then we name the symptoms and blame the name, right? Diagnoses can be helpful, but when you get on track with your purpose, so many things start to shift and change, okay? When we have unnecessary coping, that leads to unnecessary shame and making you believe that how you are now is how you'll be forever. Who's ever felt that way? The way it is now is how it's always going to be. Let me see if I show hands, okay? I'm here to tell you right now that is not the case. That's why I have on my arm tattooed literally this too will pass trust, okay? Because it will not always be this way. And that if we think it's going to always be this way, it leads us to us giving up on our hopes and our dreams and our purpose, okay? So the good news in all this for you is I've got this good news, which is there is an innovative new model and new approach helps us address the root cause of why you're stuck in that inflexible nervous system. And it creates clarity quickly, helps you align with your purpose and create more ease, okay? So... 
You're about to learn how Purpose in Life is the best way to heal trauma, to get unstuck, to release the past, to manifest abundance, to have thriving, healthy relationships, and to create success in business. Okay, so are we excited? Are we excited? I am super excited. Okay, so I'm excited for this training because it's a fresh, innovative approach and because usually research takes about 20 years to go mainstream and I am constantly focused on the most up-to-date research to bring it to you so you don't have to wait 20 years, okay? Are there any dreams or hopes or goals that you've given up on? Who's identified one or two? Okay, so let's hold that for a second, okay? Let's hold that for a second. So really think about this for a second, okay? If you've given up on your hopes, on your dreams, okay, or part of you has, it's because there's a limited response that your system has when you hit certain levels of challenge, okay? And so what we're going to talk about right now is what the research shows around how to get unstuck, okay? So when we look at what's been missing from coaching, from therapy, from energy healing, from spirituality, it's a couple things. The first thing is, okay, is that there really isn't a focus on purpose in life, okay? Think about that for a second. How many practitioners have you been to and they start with a question, do you feel like you're living your purpose? How many? Think about that for a second. And think about that. Think about this for a second. If you're not living your purpose, do you think you're going to be feeling... If you're made for a purpose, to be used for something, to be, to be able to, 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 to have something useful to work towards and meaningful to work towards, wouldn't it be natural to be depressed or anxious? Right? I think we have a purpose deficit problem. I think most of us aren't lined up with our purpose. We're human doings versus human beings. And when we line up with our purpose, so many other things get turned on and really go well in our life because the research is beyond compelling on this, okay? Because there are more studies in purpose in life that have been done in the last five years than the previous 57 years. Think about that for a second. In the last five years, there has been more research done on purpose in life than the previous almost 60 years. Think about that. That's staggering. Okay, why? Why? I think there's a direct correlation between the mental health crises that we're having, between the repurposing that we're seeing of people who are losing their jobs and going, now what? Okay, we see the great resignation that's happening. People want jobs that have purpose and meaning, not just to be told what to do, right? And by the way, it's not just about the great resignation. There's a whole group of people that never are going to sign up for that stuff in the first place because they want more purpose and meaning. They don't want to have to live a job they don't care about, right? So all the data is starting to show now, the research is being done now in a massive way, the value of purpose in life. So that means it's going to take about 20 years for it to come out. And here's what we see when we look at all the data. There are 12 common side effects of purpose in life, financial abundance, and business success. There's a study I shared with you in the workbook that suggests over a 10-year period, which is a longitudinal study, that people make more money initially and over 10 years when they find their purpose in life. Who likes that, by the way? It's not just a one-time thing, okay? We want abundance, purpose in life, okay? We set the example for our children. Who here are, who here's a parent? Anybody got a parent? Anyone here a parent? Okay. Do kids pay attention to what you say or what you do? Maybe what you say, but really what you do, 
okay? You set the example for them when you live your purpose, okay? When you live your purpose, your relationships improve. Your romantic relationships improve. I really believe your soulmate's not just going to come along. They're going to be where you're going when you're living your purpose in life, okay? Let's talk medical data for a second. There's research that suggests that purpose in life increases your HDL, which is the, quote, healthy cholesterol, which I think is so cool. Purpose in life has also been shown to lower your LDL, which is the, quote, unhealthy cholesterol, okay? Purpose in life has been shown to lower your HbA1c levels, which is a diabetic marker. When the A1c levels go down when you're in diabetes land, that's a good thing, okay? Purpose in life is correlated with that. Purpose in life also has been shown to improve your quality of sleep, right? It improves immune function and the immune system, okay? Purpose in life lowers your risk of heart attacks. Purpose in life builds resilience and heals trauma. Purpose in life, get this, you ready for this one? Purpose in life can add almost a decade, a decade to your life. I think that's staggering. That's incredible, okay? It improves cognitive functioning and emotional regulation. Who here would take this shit if it was a pill? Let me see if I show hands. If this is a pill, you, I want that. Prescribe me some purpose, right? I wish it was a pill. It's not that simple, right? But what's interesting is everything I'm saying is not just hyperbole. I have shared with you in the workbook the peer-reviewed studies on this, and you can look it up for yourself. There are so many valuable things that come from purpose in life. Oh, by the way, this isn't on the list for my notes. (laughs) This is one of the most interesting parts. Purpose in life is associated with reducing the risk of all-cause mortality. What does that mean? It means when you live your purpose... Anything that can kill you is less likely to kill you, (laughs) okay? All-cause mortality means all causes of death are reduced when you live your purpose in life. I think that is so badass, okay? And I've known this for a long time in my practice, but the data is starting to come out, and it's so very exciting, okay? So when we think about purpose, we have to ask the question, what is motivating your purpose in life, okay? And there are five primary motivations that we think about. Okay, one, are there people in your life who think you can't do it? Do we know anyone who thinks you can't do it, right? We call those naysayers. Anyone got some naysayers, right? So one thing to potentially motivate you is to prove the naysayers wrong. That might be a great motivation, okay? The next thing could be to prove your supporters right. If you have people in your life who believe in you, who've got your back, we want to prove them right. We want to prove your naysayers wrong and your supporters right, versus proving your naysayers right and your supporters wrong, okay? We want to prove the naysayers wrong and the supporters right. Those things can motivate your purpose. Also, taking care of your family or loved ones, setting the example for them is so very valuable, okay? So when you're living your purpose, you're setting the example for them and they follow your example very much more than your words. The days of do as I say, not as I do are over, okay? Next, what can motivate your purpose? A higher mission or calling, right? So if there's an idea or mission larger than yourself that drives you, that can motivate you. For me personally, one of my goals in life is to end trauma in our lifetime, okay? That really motivates a lot of my behavior. If, If I find something that helps that, I'm just like all on board for it, okay? And then the fifth thing that can motivate you is becoming what we call a transitional character, okay? And a transitional character is somebody who in one generation stops passing down the trauma of their lineage, right? The suffering stops with you, 
Okay, so it could be to prove the naysayers wrong, to prove your supporters right, to uh, take care of and really model this for your family or loved ones, for a higher mission or calling, or to become a transitional character. For you, which one is it? Maybe leave a comment below and let me know. Why are you doing this? What's motivating you in the first place, right? Do you want to prove the naysayers wrong? Do you want to prove the supporters right? Do you want to take care of your family or loved ones? Maybe it's a higher mission or calling, or maybe it's to become a transitional character, or maybe... It's all of it, or maybe it's something different, but we really want to start to think about what's motivating you right now, whether, right, beautiful. I see that in the chat. That's awesome. Okay. Love it. So let's keep that front and center. This is why I'm doing this work. Okay. Right here. Keep it front and center. Okay. Next, there are stages of life purpose awareness. So there are five different phases that we've seen people in when it comes to purpose in life. Phase one is, I don't know what my purpose is. Don't know. Anyone in that phase? Like, I just, I just, I don't know what my purpose is, Mastin. I don't really know. Sounds good. Don't know what mine is, okay? The second phase is, I thought I knew what it was, but I got it wrong or maybe I lost it, right? I thought I thought maybe it was this, but shit, I lost my purpose, okay? Third phase, I don't really think I have a purpose, Mastin. This is just a bunch of malarkey. Now, if you don't really think you have a purpose, you would not sign up for the life purpose challenge. Let's be honest about that. Okay. But some people just don't think they have a purpose in life. Could I possibly have a purpose in life? If you have breath, you have purpose. Okay. Let me just tell you that right now. All right. Next, I know what my purpose is, but it's not happening fast enough. Who am I talking to? It's like, I got this thing, man. I just faster, please. Can we just please make it go faster? Okay. And then the fifth stage would be people who say, I know my purpose and I'm crushing it with my purpose. I'm really rocking it, but I want to go to the next level. Who do I got there, right? Phase one would be, I don't know what my purpose is. Phase two is, I thought I knew what it was, but I lost it. Phase three is, I don't really think I have one. Don't believe I have a purpose. Phase four is, I know what my purpose is, but it's not happening fast enough. And phase five is, I know my purpose. I just want to go to the next level. So where are you here? One, two, three, four, five. Let me know where you're at. Okay, awesome. So the first thing that's missing from the traditional approaches is a focus on purpose. Who here is starting to see it's super valuable? Let me see if I show hands. Okay, beautiful. Next, what else is missing from the traditional coaching, therapy, energy, healing, and spirituality approaches? Okay, it's not just purpose. It's also a trauma-informed approach. Okay, and this is something that really is passionate for me, especially in the coaching world. Okay, the Bad thing about the coaching space, it's not regulated. The good thing about the coaching space is that it's not regulated, okay? It just depends, okay? And what I just can't stand are coaches and coaching approaches that dismiss trauma. And they call it like a limiting belief. There's no such thing as no one, no one is, no one's like, let me believe something to limit myself. That doesn't exist. Self sabotage is not a thing. No one just wakes up and they're like, ah, well, you know? Second day of the life purpose uh, challenge. Why don't I sabotage myself today? Like nobody does that. Nobody does that. Okay. It's all survival responses based on our history trying to keep us safe. Okay. And also without taking a trauma, come back. I almost fell over. I got excited. Without taking a trauma informed approach. Okay. We also don't take into consideration like differences like racial differences and equality and equity issues and gender issues and sexual orientation issues. Like I can't sit here ethically and say, just do what I've done and you'll achieve the same result. I can show you tools for success, but ultimately I'm born in a white male with privileged body, six foot five. 
right? From Kansas, upper middle class. Like I had certain advantages other people didn't have. Now that doesn't mean that if you come from a place that's not a place like me that you can't, you can be, do, or have almost anything when you have a safe enough nervous system, but without a trauma-informed approach, it just kind of comes off tone deaf in my opinion, right? Different people have different orientations. And also in the coaching space, people, there are coaching approaches that literally believe it doesn't matter what happened to you, just change your state now. That is override. That is trauma override. It doesn't work. Okay. Most approaches dismiss trauma on some form. Okay. We talk about a cognitive behavioral therapy, cognitive, right? They call it distortions of thinking. Okay. Well, how about this? How about someone went through something and it's not a distortion of thinking. It's an appropriate response because of what they've been through and their nervous system hasn't been updated. It's not a distortion. It's an appropriate response, right? In coaching, it sounds like limiting beliefs or self-sabotage. In spirituality, it's like, let's just transcend the ego. And now ego is this bad thing. Ego is not a bad thing. Ego is what your self-identity is based in. Without ego, you can't be you, right? And so a lot of this is override, making our responses wrong on lots of levels. I think there's a, even an approach in like sort of like the spiritual approaches where it's like, let's do a quantum meditation and find a feeling bigger than depression or bigger than stress. That is override, okay? When we override our trauma, it doesn't work. It does not work. Who follows? This makes sense? There are three time zones. There are past, present, and future time zones. Coaching and spirituality tend to deal with the present and the future. Trauma work tends to deal with the present and the past. There are not many approaches that deal in all three time zones well. We have to understand what happened to you, how that's informing how you're showing up now, and how that's stopping you from moving forward. Who follows? Does this make sense? We can't dismiss the trauma, but we also can't stay stuck in the trauma loop, okay? And trauma isn't necessarily what you think it is. There are so many different types of trauma. And instead of talking about trauma at a deep level, let me just share with you some symptoms of trauma that have been well-documented, okay? Anxiety, depression, PTSD, insomnia, shame, anger, fear, hypervigilance, perfectionism, procrastination, not able to achieve your goals, lack of empathy or bullying, impaired capacity to protect yourself, self-doubt or imposter syndrome or feeling like you're not enough, feeling worthless or ineffective, self-harm or suicidal ideation, lack of trust or reciprocity in relationships, ADHD, chronic disorganization and overwhelm, oppositional defiance disorder response, bipolar disorder response, and the dissociative identity and personality disorder responses. Okay, Who here has at least one of those things? Okay. What that means is we all got the trauma, okay, on different levels, okay? We all have it on different levels. And so we want to start to understand that the inflexible nervous system, the root cause of the inflexible nervous system is the trauma. Trauma is what creates an inflexible nervous system. Hey, it's Mastin, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And just a quick reminder, if you want to train with me to get a cutting-edge trauma-informed coaching certificate and become a trauma-informed coach, uh, you can. Uh, For a limited time, applications are open for enrollment to become a trauma-informed coach. Click the link in the show notes to apply now. Uh, Applications are open only for a short period of time. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you want to become a trauma-informed coach, now is the time. Click the link in the show notes, and I'll see you soon. Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information 
to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this and hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.